This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. The National Hurricane Center warns those who may be living at or visiting the Gulf Coast to be aware that Hurricane Idalia is going to have major effects even in that area. The Category 3 hurricane has made landfall along the Big Bend area of Florida. The body of water affected by the storm will also affect areas along the Florida Panhandle and the Alabama coast. Orange Beach is marking surf conditions in the range of 8 to 10 feet with the typical size at Orange Beach being around two feet. Double red flags are flying at Alabama beaches and could be there all this week. Maxwell Air Force Base in Alabama is being used as a necessary staging point for relief efforts for Hurricane Idalia. The Federal Emergency Management Agency is going to make over 400 deliveries to Maxwell to unload equipment and emergency supplies that will then be sent to parts of Florida affected by the hurricane. Maxwell was used the same way last year for Hurricane Ian. Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall is revealing more about the new execution method of nitrogen hypoxia. Marshall is planning on using the new method this year, which would make Alabama the first to implement the new method. Oklahoma and Mississippi have authorized the use of nitrogen hypoxia, but have yet to carry out a death sentence with that method. Marshall has recently sought a date from the Alabama Supreme Court to use the method on inmate Kenneth Smith, and in doing so, Marshall offered the nitrogen hypoxia protocol to the court. Parts of that document were heavily redacted. The Associated Press is reporting on what they could glean from the filing. The protocol would not involve needles as used to administer lethal drugs, but instead a face mask that is put over the inmate while he's on a gurney within the execution chamber. Nitrogen would be increased from the normal amount of 78% in the air until the inmate passes out. The nitrogen would then be administered for five minutes following the flatlining of the inmate's heartbeat on an EKG machine. Attorneys who represent death row inmates have only seen the redacted documents on this protocol and are already objecting to it proceeding further, saying they need more information given. Governor Ivey is expressing her support of the director of the Alabama Medical Cannabis Commission. The AMCC has been embroiled in lawsuits ever since it started to issue cannabis licenses. The AMCC is currently under an injunction from a judge, so they can't issue any more licenses until that injunction is lifted. The next meeting where the AMCC could potentially do that is not until the middle of September. Ivey says it's important to get this whole process done right in order for the use of medical marijuana for those with chronic illness. Ivey says she still has confidence in the AMCC director, John McMillan. Well, here is part four in an election fraud series that has been featured all this week on The Daily Detail. And in today's episode, the focus will be on voter rolls and the importance of keeping them clean and following the rules surrounding who qualifies and who doesn't. True the Vote found out how dirty the voter rolls were in Georgia in 2020 and how that paved the way for mail-in ballots to be trafficked, as was revealed in the 2000 Mules documentary that True the Vote took part in. Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote and Greg Phillips of OPSEC and 2000 Mules recently spoke on Steve Bannon's war room to reveal how things went down in Georgia. Georgia hadn't cleaned its voter rolls in over a year coming into the 2020 election. Uh, That's because in 2019, Fair Fight, which is Stacey Abrams and Mark Elias, sued the state of Georgia to prevent them from cleaning their roles. And so in the aftermath of 2020, we were we were being inundated with calls from Georgians saying, what can you know, the, the runoff is coming up. Is there anything we can do? The roles were such a problem. We dove into Georgia law and realized that, in fact, there is a provision in state code called an elector challenge. And the long and the short of it is 
we went through the voter rolls and we recognized that just based on residency, there were 364,000 ineligible voter records. So with that as a premise, I went to go and meet with Secretary Raffensperger. And here's where things get interesting, because he had already certified the election November 20th. I went and met with him December the 16th. And in that meeting, we talked about what True the Vote was helping Georgia citizens do by way of filing these elector challenges. And I said, you know, this is a huge number and it's, it's going to leave a mark. And I'm just letting everybody know it's coming. And Secretary Raffensperger pulled out a piece of paper, kind of back on the napkin, did a little bit of of quick math and said, yeah, 364,000, about 14% of Americans move every year. We haven't been able to clean the rolls because of this lawsuit. So yeah, that sounds about right. That's about how many ineligible records there are. But what they didn't do in certifying and recertifying and all of the audits and all of the things, all of the great efforts that they say they went through, they never went back to look and see how those 364,000 ineligible voters voted. And so now what we know is that 67,000 of them did vote. Hang on, but hang on, before we get there, I got the 364 and he concurred with that. How did you get to the 67,000 of the, of the, that is the, don't bury the lead here, baby. How did you get the 67,000 of the 364 that actually voted? Sure. You pulled the voter histories and you see who voted in 2020. That's who voted. I mean, you can look at the records that were still on the rolls that were ineligible and you will see just how it breaks out. Some 47,000 of them were outside of their jurisdiction. Over 16,000 of them had already moved out of the state. Eight, over 8,000 of them were totally inactive. It's, it's, all, it's all there. I mean, if, if they had been good stewards of the roles, they would have seen that themselves. But they were so quick to obfuscate and say it was all a big lie rather than looking at what had happened in the two years that they hadn't cleaned the roles. And they should have looked. They lied to Trump, Steve. They, they lied to everybody. They lied to America. They lied to Georgians. They lied to everybody. 67,284 people that were ineligible to vote cast ballots in Georgia in November 3rd of 2020. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, there's a lot happening. First, Hurricane Idalia did make landfall on Wednesday morning in the Big Bend region of Florida. The storm was a Category 3 with winds of 125 miles per hour and a storm surge of 6 to 16 feet, depending on areas in that state. There have been no reports of injuries or fatalities at this point. Damage assessment will take some time. When it comes to disasters, one recently occurred in Maui, Hawaii, with devastating fires. The House Oversight Committee is now planning to look into the federal government's response to that disaster. Committee Chairman James Comer told Breitbart News that those who were impacted by the fires deserve answers, and the committee has a responsibility to ensure that taxpayer money is not being subjected to waste, fraud, or abuse. Residents in Maui have been calling attention to police barricades, which trap people in their cars during the fires advancing, as well as a collapse of the water system at its most critical need. The delayed response by government officials and the blackout of information to the rest of the nation that was issued by some of the governmental relief agencies. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is headed to Hawaii later this week to survey the damage. 
Congresswoman Nancy Mace of South Carolina is not swearing for no good reason. Mace spoke on Real America's Voice about what she has seen with her own eyes when it comes to the bank accounts and money transfers involving Joe Biden and all of his family members. The first thing that I want the American people to know is the amount of money in the alleged laundering and bribery scheme is astronomical. It is staggering. It is shocking. And it would blow your effing mind if you knew how much money we were talking about. Now, within those SARS documents as well, one of the consistent things that we saw is that the Biden family took a third cut of all the money as part of this money laundering scheme. We now know that every time Joe Biden has been asked questions about this, he has lied about it. Donald Trump released a video statement about Biden and his criminality, as well as the attempts to tie up Trump's presidential campaign with indictments and court dates coming from the weaponized Department of Justice. I want to say to you today, do not despair and do not lose hope. Every injustice they throw at us, every hoax, witch hunt and abuse of power must only harden our will and steal to resolve to save our nation. Our vindication will come on Election Day 2024. We will take back power from these lunatic, sick, and sinister people. We will expose their corruption for history to see, and justice will be done. So keep on fighting and turn all of our frustration and your frustration and energy into determination to achieve an epic victory in November 2024. Our country is going bad. Our country is going into a communist state. And we can't let that happen. One of the co-defendants in the RICO case that has been issued against Trump out of Georgia is John Eastman. Eastman spoke recently on Fox News about the 2020 presidential election results and why the time to push back is now when it comes to challenging those election results. The answer is not to just, you know, take a powder and, and, and concede, uh, because then it'll get worse on the next go around. The, the answer is to fight it with everything we've got, because what's at stake here is too important. People keep asking me, why don't you move on? Why, you, why do you keep focused on the 2020 election? I say, well, yeah, we don't, we don't need to get into the, whether there was fraud or not. There was clearly illegality. Uh, Non-legislative officials changing the rules of the game up to the election in Pennsylvania, even after the election, uh, changing the rules of the game. And if we don't fight back against that, we'll, we'll never have a fair election again. And we will cease to be a people governed by the consent to the governor. Those are the stakes here. Former Fox News host Tucker Carlson is speaking out loud what a lot of people have had on their minds after watching the series of indictments against Trump. Carlson spoke recently on the Adam Carolla show. They protested him. They called him names. He won anyway. They impeached him twice on ridiculous pretenses. They fabricated a lot about what happened on January 6th in order to impeach him again. It didn't work. He came back. Then they indicted him. It didn't work. He became more popular. Then they indicted him three more times. And every single time his popularity rose. So if you begin with criticism, then you go to protest, then you go to impeachment. Now you go to indictment and none of them work. What's next? I mean, you know, graph it out, man. We're speeding toward assassination, obviously. And no one will say that. But I don't I don't know how you can reach that conclusion. You know what I mean? Like, they have decided, permanent Washington, both parties have decided that there's something about Trump that's that's so threatening to them, they just can't have it. 
When it comes to voter fraud, two states have been in the spotlight recently for their dirty voter rolls and their system of exploiting mail-in ballots and absentee ballots, especially during the 2020 election. Those states right now are Michigan and Georgia. The Gateway Pundit has been regularly publishing reports out of Michigan that all started when a Muskegon clerk blew the whistle on thousands of invalid voter registrations being submitted in 2020 through a group called GBI Strategies. Now, investigative reporter Paul Sperry and the Gateway Pundit say they have obtained documents through an open records request showing that members of the American Civil Liberties Union were given access to online portals connected to the Georgia election system in order for them to process absentee ballot application. The key element in this whole discovery is that it was all done without county election official supervision. 255 ACLU workers were given deputy registrar status to ENET and as such were able to clear or process or cancel any voter they wanted to when it comes to absentee ballots and voting. And now Reuters is reporting that the FBI has very little evidence to support the narrative that January 6, 2021 was a well-organized plot to overthrow the presidential election results. Reuters spoke with four current or former members of law enforcement who had some sort of association with the case that the FBI was attempting to build. Those sources say that the FBI arrested 570 people who were inside the Capitol building on January 6th and after searching their phones and social media found that there was nothing centrally coordinated and only 5% of those were even part of a militia group. Those within the militia groups may have planned to break into the building, but apparently the FBI found out there was no plan after that on what to do. The FBI also included Donald Trump in their investigation at the request of congressional Democrats. Reuters is reporting that their sources say the FBI found no evidence that Trump or those close to him directly organized or supported any violence. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 